Praise the name of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Amen. So why don't we lift up our hands right now and ask for God's blessing and direction. Jesus, we thank you for these men, Lord God, who love you with all their hearts, Jesus. And these men, Lord God, among many other men in this church whose desire, Lord God, is to please you and to serve you and to worship you, Jesus, and to walk with you. We pray your anointing upon them, Lord God. We pray that you would use them, Lord Jesus, tonight for your will and your purpose. Uh, in the name of Jesus, we pray. In the name of Jesus, uh, Lord, let your anointing come in this house, Lord God. Let your blessing, Lord Jesus, be upon us. Uh, in the name of the Lord, we pray. In the name of the Lord, we pray. Hallelujah. Somebody shout hallelujah. 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 Open your hearts to hear the word of Someone say, I love Jesus. Hallelujah. Yes, hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Y'all can stand up. Go ahead and stay standing, please. Please stay standing. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, God. First of all, I want to thank and give honor where honor is due and thank Pastor Brown for giving us all men here and giving us the opportunity to preach the wonderful good news, the name of Jesus and the wonderful loving word of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. See, a lot of, a lot of people in the world right now, whether you're in college or maybe you have a job or work, would, would say, well, you know what? I gotta work tomorrow. And it's kinda late. I, you know, I, I, uh, I can't be at church or, um, I can't prepare for a sermon. But right now these men, they stood here and they made that sacrifice. And they said, well, I should be studying right now. Or I should be, uh, I should be, uh, preparing for that, trying to hold that A that I got going right now and, man, be preparing for my midterm. But you know what? I'd rather be in this house of God right now. Right now with revival time. I'd rather be, we'd rather be, we'd rather, uh, lack our sleep a little bit and just go ahead and say, we're gonna come and praise the Lord and live Lift up his holy name. Go on and lift up his holy name, church. We've come to praise the Lord in his house. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Glory to the name of Jesus. Glory, God. Hallelujah. See, in, 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 in uh, Exodus 8, I'm going to read it real quick to you. It says, And the Lord spake unto Moses, Go unto Pharaoh, and say unto him, Thus say the Lord, Let my people go. Say, Let my people go, church. Let my people go. That they may serve me. And if thou refuse to let them go, behold, I will smite all thy borders at with frogs. Say frogs. And the river shall bring forth frogs abundantly, which shall go up and come into thine house and into thy bedchamber and upon thy bed and into the house of thy servants and upon thy people and into thine ovens and into thy everywhere. Just everywhere. Okay? And the frogs shall come upon both thee and upon thy people and upon all thy servants. Okay, and then in, in verse 8 it says, Then Pharaoh called for Moses and Aaron and said, Entreat the Lord that he may take away the frogs. Somebody say frogs. From me and from my people and, will, and I will let the people go that they may do sacrifice unto the Lord. And Moses said unto Pharaoh, Glory over me. When, I, when shall I entreat for thee? And for thy servants, and for thy people to destroy the frogs from thee and thy houses, that they may remain in the river only. 
And he said, tomorrow. Someone say tomorrow. And he said, be it according to thy word. Say, be it according to thy word. That thou mayest know that there is none like unto the Lord our God. Go ahead and have a seat. Hallelujah, hallelujah. You see, sometimes when I read this, I'm going to go ahead and take a little something from my friend Pastor Brown when uh, he taught me, it's got, we got to eat the frog, Francisco. Let's eat the frog. Okay? And that, that analogy or that metaphor is kind of like you got you to take, you got you to do what you don't like to do first. Okay? But I'm going to use a little bit of that and I'm going to say another, another night with the frog. Okay? Another night with the frog. Okay? It says, he says, uh, tomorrow, Pharaoh says, and we all know Pharaoh is a bad example of a man. Prideful, uh, stubborn, just poisonous pride all in him. Okay? Now, when he says tomorrow, he had a choice. He had a choice. Okay? Moses came to him, so when should I do this? And he said, tomorrow. So then Moses said, well, be it according to thy word. Okay? And, and I, and I kind of wonder, like, what was he thinking? All these frogs are all over his nation. They're in his bed. They're in his ovens. They're everywhere. Okay? They're everywhere. See? He didn't want to let the people go. But God had a different plan. God said, let my people go. Okay? And you see, I'm saying this. I'm saying that to say this. You see, sometimes we allow frogs in our lives. And we say, well, it's all right. Uh, I'm hoping, I'm hoping for them. I'm hoping that, you know, everything's going to be good tomorrow. I'm trusting everything's going to be good tomorrow. But hope is, hope is just a blueprint. But it's always in the future. Okay? Hope is good. But with faith, faith is in the now, church. Faith is in the now. You see, sometimes we allow these frogs to come into our lives and just like Pharaoh, like I said, a bad example of a man. Why will we, as men of our families, as men of our church, even as women filled with the Holy Ghost, and young people living in revelation truth and Holy Spirit, allow any frogs to try to stick around? You see, let's kick those frogs, church. Let's kick those frogs. Those frogs don't need to be around. We now, he, now God even gave him a chance to say, according to thy word, give him a choice. And this was Pharaoh, okay, a bad guy. How much more be it for us, children of the Most High God, children of the Most High God, that our Father, whatever we ask of Him in Jesus' name, He will do for us. He will do for us. If we kick that frog. 
saying that? No, no. Stay away from my brothers. Stay away from my sisters. Stay away from their finances. Stay away. Oh, can I get an amen, church? Come on, clap your hands. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name, stay away from my, my friends. Stay away from my workplace. In Jesus' name. You see, where I work at, it used to be just several years ago that they said one in 500 children will be, they try to say will be, can you believe that? Will be born with autism. And now, I'm sorry, I made a scene in my classroom. And the teacher tried to say, oh, that's changed. And we know as Christians, we have a word is powerful, right? Our word is powerful. What people write is powerful. Now they're trying to say one in 99 are trying to be born with autism. And I, I, I could not stand it anymore. I could not stand it. All I did was say, you know what? That's a lie. That's overdiagnosed. Them doctors don't even know what they're diagnosing. In Jesus' name, when I sat down, I couldn't even hold it in. I said, in Jesus' name, devil, I rebuke you. I rebuke you trying to take our children, trying to take our children's languages. I say that they all see in Jesus' name, that they all sing psalms of the Most High God, that they're all able, no more language disorders in Jesus' name. No more, devil, you cannot have our children anymore. You cannot have our young people in the name of Jesus, hallelujah. One more minute, one more minute, church. Now, sometimes we let Satan. Go ahead, keep playing, keep playing. It's all right. I'm, I'm, I'm going to break it down in one minute. It said, don't let Satan hold you any longer than it takes to use the name of Jesus. See, Brother Poe's wife. Some of you all know I very well expected the evangelist, Brother Poe. My wife told me that his wife... Uh, they tried to say she was diagnosed with cancer and with all the problems going on. Sometimes we can't allow these other frogs to just try to take them, another frog and another frog. Kick them all out of the way. And that's what Brother Paul did. He said, no, no, Lord. I know that that's, that's, this is not it. This has happened before. And that you've already healed my wife before. And I believe in the name of Jesus that she is healed again. Go on, clap your hands, stand up and clap your hands. Stand up and clap your hands to the great glory of Jesus. Hallelujah. And what happened? When they reevaluated her blood, she was free of cancer. In the name of Jesus. Free of cancer. Free of sicknesses. Hallelujah. Give glory to the most high God right now. Clap your hands and lift up your voice, church. And someone say, Jesus. And now, let's not wave this way, because we're moving forward. Let's wave this way. Let's wave this way. Go on. We're moving. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you, Brother Francisco. John, I'm going to go look for some frogs and kick them. From, uh, Hebrew, reading from uh, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. Wherefore, seeing we also are, comp- uh, are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight 
and the sin which doth so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. I'm going to make a confession right now. Um, Some of you might know this, but I like sports. I like, uh, I like to play sports, I like to follow sports, and I also realize that sports has nothing to do with my life. I know that my favorite team can lose every game from now on, and I might not be so happy about it, but it doesn't really affect my life. However, I also realize that sports can teach us lessons about life. Uh, For instance, it can teach you about teamwork and understanding uh, your roles and amongst the team. It can teach you uh, discipline. They can teach you how to deal with adversity and things like that. So I I like sports, and also I'm not completely sure they're going to be in heaven, so I might as well enjoy them now (laughs) while I can. (laughs) So, but... um, but I had a, we had a prayer meeting uh, this weekend with uh, some of the young people, and you know this thought came to me, and you know we've been experiencing a breakthrough here lately, and these these past few services on the weekends, and even during the week, I don't know about you guys, but I really like the way I feel after those services. I really do. Just like a team, just like a football team plays once a week, they practice, they practice about four or five days a week, they prepare, they work out, they play really hard for that one one game. And when they get a win, they feel really good about it. And then they go home and they just they just sleep the rest of the week. Wait, no, they don't. They don't, do they? No, they get together. And they do it again because you know why? Because they want to win again. And these these breakthrough services that we've been having, that's what they are. They're they're a breakthrough. And it's just it's just a breakthrough to see what we've got in store. When uh, when an army when an army of uh, I want to say Vikings because I want everybody to picture a bunch of wild Vikings with a, a battering ram trying to get into a castle. Uh, you know, once they've got that battering ram uh, or telephone pole, whatever it was they used, you know, they're they're hitting that door as hard as they can. They they're putting all their strength and effort into it. What do they do once they finally break through that door? They they just walk in there and they're like, "All right, we accomplished our goal. Let's uh, let's chill out for a few minutes, guys." No, no, that's when the that's when the real fight starts. And um, and these breakthroughs that we've experienced, they're important because, like I said, it's a good feeling, and it's a, they're necessary to accomplish the long-term goals. In, in sports, the long-term goal is to win a championship. So the Lakers, um, they won the championship last year, and I, I just read the other day, they didn't, they didn't close up shop. They're, they're still a team. They're going to go for it again. <laughs> so... Um, so, you know, once, once we have these wins, and I, I, like I said, I love the feeling, but the next day it's like, let's get back to work so we can see it again. And, 
and it does take work. And there's other examples. I don't want to leave uh, you ladies out. So when, uh, when you're a student working for an A, or in my case, a, uh, a C plus, so you can pass the course, uh, when you're working on that, you don't take one test, uh, do good on it, and say, okay, whew, okay, I know I can do it. I don't have to do anything more. No, you got to work again. you got to learn more stuff and go through it again. Then you got to take the next class and the next thing. And then the next thing you know, you got your college degree, and now they want you to go get a job. So, <laughs> and, uh, you know, in the business world, as a, you know, a salesperson or a real estate agent, you know, um, once a real estate agent sells a house, they don't just sit around for a while. They kind of have to do it again, right? Yeah. And that's the way it's exciting for us. It doesn't need to be a burden. It doesn't need to be a burden where we say, like, you know, we had a good service. Man, we got to work extra hard to get another one. It's, it's got to be something exciting. Uh, I hear people reference to, they make references to going out and fighting every day. Like, I'm going to fight the devil every day. And, and, yeah, that's true to it at a certain extent. But, man, could you imagine if you literally had to go out and fight every day? I, I wouldn't enjoy that too much. But, yeah, there's going to be days where it's going to feel like a fight. But there's also days like we've, we've been experiencing where, like, hey, this is a good feeling. I really enjoy, I really enjoy this breakthrough, this win that we've had. And I want to keep going for it. And, uh, and that brings me to, you know, we, we've got to have goals. When, when people in anything, in business, if you're starting a business, you've got to have a goal for it. You can't just start up and be like, you know, I hope, I hope we can make some money. You've got, you got to have a lot of goals. You've got to have um, – in the business world, I, I actually did go to business college, and I wanted to I wanted to remember a little bit of it, so I'm doing it now. There is uh, there is three tiers of goals. There is uh, strategic goals, which are long term. Then there's uh, tactical goals, which are short term goals, and operational goals, which is the the mundane day to day business type of goals. So, as a church, you know there there are goals that we're going for. And the strategic goals of a company are set forth by the CEO. And so in this case, uh, we're, looking, we're looking at our pastor for uh, direction in that, those long-term goals. And, for instance, one of the uh, goal, uh, long-term goal is to get into the new building. And so I'm going to skip the operational. I was going to – I'll give a shout-out to uh, Sister Kathy because that's <laughs> – she helps us achieve the operational goals. But long term, once we, once we get in that new building, that's just another breakthrough. And we're going to – then we're going to have other long-term goals. And I just want to say uh, thank you guys for your time. And praise God. Pastor Brown and everyone for allowing me to come up here. This week's been crazy. I haven't had much time to prepare at all. So what's going to be said is got to be from God because I don't have very many notes. So 
Um, what I want to talk about today is turning off our autofocus. Now, a lot of times, you know, things come up, things happen, you know, everything's good, and then this comes up. Automatically, we focus on that problem, and it's it's you know it's it's understandable. It's a problem, but Sometimes we just focus, tune in to just that problem, and we forget about the other things we need to do. You know, like uh, I'll talk a little bit about you know myself, my family. You know, we, my wife and I, we've been coming here for a while, and you know everything was good. You know, we had our ups and downs, but overall, you know, God's blessings were really good. You know, He, he took care of us. We had jobs. We had a place to live. Everything was great. You know. Um, we were faithful in attending or ties, you know, you know, once in a while we'd miss, once in a while we'd forget to tithe or whatever. But, you know, overall we, we tried to stay faithful in everything we did. And, you know, everything was great. You know, we were involved in church, Sunday school teaching, singing, blah, 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 whatever. And, and then we had, you know, I don't know if any of you know this, but um, I'm sure some of you do. We had doctors that told us we wouldn't be able to have kids. We had two. We went to two different doctors. And, you know, finally we prayed about it. We had Anaya. And, I mean, amen. And I don't know, I don't think anyone really knows this, for a long time, ever since I was little, I've always wanted to have kids. And, you know, all throughout Nora and I were married, my family like, when are you going to have kids? When are you going to have kids? When are you going to have kids? I don't know. We're, we just kept, you know, oh, we're going to wait, blah, blah, blah. And all this time I was like, I want them now, but, you know, it's not happening. <laughs> and uh, so, you know, and then we we were trying. Nothing was happening. Nora went to the doctor. Sorry, you know, you're not going to have kids. So we're like, okay, forget you. You know, went to another doctor. And unfortunately he said the same thing. So we prayed about it, and God blessed us. You know, so I'm, I'm sorry. What I'm trying to get at is, you know, God's blessings were there. Everything was great. We had Anaya, and then came Kyle, like right after, you know, amen. But then, you know, we're living on the mountaintops. Everything's great. But then all of a sudden, we got uh, <coughs> Anaya's <coughs> diagnosis that, um, you know, she had Rett syndrome, and the mountain just came crashing down. And it just seemed like ever since then, it's just been a struggle. We've been living, before we were living mountaintop to mountaintop, now we're living valley to valley. And the valley just came to seem to keep getting deeper and deeper and deeper. And we're just having difficulty after difficulty, trial after trial. I mean, nothing seemed to go our way. Nothing. I mean, it started to affect us in other parts of our lives. You know, Nora and I, we were having problems. I mean, it was just constantly fighting and arguing, and it's just all this attack, you know, and then, you know, make things worse, you know, we, our car payments were behind, our insurance was getting ready to be canceled, I mean, it's just one thing after another, and stress was building, and I know we kept thinking, you know, God, you know, it's not, it's not your will for us to stress, we tried to, you know, put it behind us, but, you know, when bills keep coming, the kids say, Mommy, Daddy, you know, we're hungry, there's no food, there's no money. It's like, you know, God, what do we do? You know, and it seemed like no matter how much we were involved in church, we, you know, were 
you know, giving, donated, you know, paid our tithe. It didn't seem to matter. And thank you. Sorry. And um, it just didn't seem to matter. And we were just like, you know, what's going on? And let me read all the scripture here from Corinthians chapter 7, verse 29. But let me say this, dear brothers and sisters, the time that remains is very short. So from now on, those with wives should not focus on only their marriage. Those who weep or who rejoice or buy things should not be absorbed by their weeping, their joy, or their possessions. Those who use things of the world should not become attached to them. For this world, as we know it, will soon pass away. I want you to be free from the concerns of this life. And I'm going to skip down a little bit more. It says, I am saying this for your benefit, not to place restrictions on you. I would like, I want you to do whatever will help you to serve the Lord the best with as few distractions as possible. So, you know, God finally dealt with me. Everything that we were worried about, you know, losing the cars, you know, having to move into a shelter, all this stuff doesn't mean anything. I mean, we are focused so much on all these problems, and I'm not saying all my problems, I'm not sharing all this with you to, you know, feel sorry for me. Please don't pity me. God has done great works in me. All that stuff means nothing to me anymore. If someone wants to take my car, take it. If someone wants, you know, us to move out, you know, if we have to be evicted, Lord, you know, take us to a shelter, wherever, you know, we'll, we'll live in our van, you know. It doesn't matter. You know, our focus was so on the stuff, this, that, blah, blah, blah. God had to take us to a point where we were risking losing everything. And at that point, we had to realize, you know, what's really important here? And uh, uh, Francis Chan, that book, at the same time we were going through the lesson is when God was starting to deal with me about this. And when that book came, everything was just like God was just lining things up. And um, so, you know, all that stuff was distracting us from what really matters, reaching the lost. I mean, that's what really matters. I mean, we need to forget the past and problems we're going through now and look to the future. And the future is those, those that are lost now but will soon be in the church only because we reached out to them. You know, Philippians 3.13 says, forgetting the past and focusing on what lies ahead. So, you know, we need to focus on what really matters. Now, now you know, I, our situation has changed a little bit, but we're still dealing with a lot of these problems. But it doesn't affect us anymore. We're not worried about it. I don't care. You know, because that's not what the focus is. The focus is what God wants us to do. You know, and so, you know, so God's going to, he may in your life, which it sounds, I've talked to people, a lot of people are going through the same problems we were going through. They're going through them now, they're just starting to go through them, or they went through them. And, you know, God may sometimes take you to a point where you may lose all your things, but you need to make up in your mind that, you know, what you have you need to make sure that your things are not going to lose you. You can lose them, but you got to make sure they're not going to lose you. So the 
one thing we really need to do is the only thing really Jesus commanded us to do, which is Mark 16 and 15. Where'd it go? Oh. And he told them, go into the world and preach the good news to everyone. So if you take your focus off your problems, your finances, your marriage, your kids out of control, whatever it is, take your focus off of that and refocus it on God. Because when you do that, when God's in the center in your focus, you'll find that all these problems are now in the background. They're, they're blurry. They're unclear. You sometimes can't even see them anymore. So just refocus yourself. Amen. Praise God. Gloria a Dios, hermanos. Hoy les voy a predicar en español. Can I get a translator, please? Praise the Lord, church. And um, it's a privilege to be amongst these men. And, uh, and preach the word of God. I thank the Lord that I uh, gave him the opportunity to share with you what God has put in my heart. And, um, you know, we serve an awesome God. Amen? We serve an awesome God. And, and, and no matter where we're at, he is with us. Praise the Lord. And, um, you know, he wants me to, well, what he put in my heart to share with you tonight is that when um, we are out of our comfort zone, our that outer zone, because everybody has a comfort zone. For some, it might be like right here. For some others, a little bit out, more out. But when we're in that outer comfort zone, he wants us to be calm. Because um, when you're calm, you think better. When you're calm, you can make better decisions. When uh, you're calm, um, you won't regret the decisions that you've made. Um, many a times, it is said that when a car runs off a, 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 an embankment or something, it goes into a pool of water, People mostly end up dying because they panic. They panic. They can't take off that seatbelt. They can't open the window. They can't get the, the latch to, to the door. And, um, and that's what God put in my heart. He, he's been talking to me, and he's been telling me, you know what? Just whenever you're out there, be calm. Because it's not going to be always. You're not always going to be out there. Life is a roller coaster. We go up and down, up and down. And uh, he says, but when you're out there, just relax. Just relax because when you relax, you can uh, – Think better, right? And also the Bible shows us, the Bible shows us of, um, of times when uh, people in, uh, in Scripture panicked. Peter, when God told him, come out of the boat, walk. He was doing fine, and then he started looking around, saw the waves, and he panicked, and he started going down. Amen. Um, Peter, once again, uh, you know, I didn't want to use him twice, but uh, um, when, they, when they took God, uh, Jesus, when they took Jesus and uh, they were going to, uh, they, they came for him, and, uh, and he was amongst, and he went with them, and he was in the camp. And one of the, the ladies there said, hey, you know, he was with Jesus. And he says, no, 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 I knew him not, you know. Um, he panicked, and he said, that, he said words that afterward he, he regretted. He regretted, wow. Praise God, hallelujah. Um, let me read you a scripture right now. Uh, Psalms 57 says, be merciful unto me, O God, be merciful unto me. For my soul trusts in thee. In the shadow of the wings, I will make my refuge until the calamities be overpassed. Okay? And the only way we're going to do that is if, when, if and when we're out there, we, we, we think and we can just become. Um, as I was sitting there, I was thinking, man, seven minutes is a whole lot. Um, 
Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Just, you know, just to say what brother was saying here, he said you focused. Um, you know, you focus and you can see what's out there. You know, and um, when you catch yourself outside that, uh, that comfort zone, you know, that's where the fruit is at, in the limbs. You know, you can climb up the tree, but when you get out there, you know, the, the real good fruit is, is out in the limbs. And, and sometimes it's scary, but that's where God does his best work. God's been dealing with us, with me and my wife, and uh, he's been putting us through, you know, some tough times and good times. And no matter, you might say, well, you know what, life is good right now. Life is good, but trials and, and tribulations come. They come, you know. And, um, you know, uh, uh, James 5.13 says, if any one of you is afflicted, pray. If any one of you is merry, rejoice in Psalms. And you know what, Pastor was saying, the way you get through that tribulation, that trial, is you worship God right there and then. You pray and you thank Him. You thank Him. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, I leave you with this. Um, in my job, my, my boss has been petitioning for a full-time employee, um, a part-time employee. And um, finally, she petitioned the college because I'm funded through the state. And the college said, okay, we're going to hire someone full-time. But you know what? Um, we're going to fly it out to everybody. So I told her, well, what does that mean? You know, well, uh, I'm going to have to test because you have to test. And um, la- about three years ago, I tested. There was 200 of us. I was one of 30 that passed. And I go, I'm going to have to test. And if I don't pass, I can't interview. What does that mean to me? She was like, well, I don't know. She goes, do your best. You know, God's putting me out there. But you know what? I'm going to be calm. And I'm going to go out there and do well in that test and I'm going to interview and I'm going to get that job and in a couple of weeks I'm going to come and I'm going to say I got the job amen hallelujah praise the Lord good evening church it's wonderful to be among my brothers and sisters it's an honor to be here among this body of church that I've been blessed by each and every one of you. I want to just take a few minutes, uh, actually a couple seconds. I only got seven minutes. If you can just stand up for a few minutes and just let's just give honor to God. Father, Lord Jesus, I want to thank you for tonight for what you are doing, Lord God. I'm so grateful, Lord Jesus, that you are among us, Lord God, how you have blessed us, touched our lives, Lord God, and has brought us to a place, Lord God, that has touched our lives, Lord, and helping us to grow. We trust in everything in you, Lord God, and we give ourselves to you, Lord. Jesus, we love you so much, Lord God, and we thank you that you have brought us to this place, Lord God, here tonight. Jesus, I want to magnify you. I want to glorify you. I want to do everything, Lord God, that will bring honor to your name. Hallelujah, Jesus. You are special in my heart, Lord God, and I want you to grow daily, Lord, in my heart. I want to make an impression, Lord God, to my brothers and sisters. I want to make an impression, Lord God, Lord Jesus, to the people I work with, to my neighbors, Lord God. I want to make an impression, Lord God, because you brought me here, Lord God. And there is a reason why we are here tonight. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, church. You can sit down. Praise God. I also want to give honor to uh, Brother Brown for allowing me to be here tonight and among my brothers who are uh, speaking the seven minutes here tonight. Thank you for the encouragement that I feel in this house here tonight. 
tonight I want to, I was asking the Lord, Lord, I, I don't know what you want me to bring here, what the notice that was given to me, but I'm going to trust in you, Lord God. I'm here in faith, what God wants to bring to us. Amen. Glory to God. And I want to do everything in faith, Brother Francisco, everything. Hallelujah. Amen. Glory to God. In my lesson today, I, I was as Lord, if you don't give me something tonight, Lord, I'm going to just boast about you. Because it's all about you, Lord. It's always been about you. Hallelujah. Praise God. In John chapter 16, verses 7, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For, for if I do not go away, the helper or the comforter, I will send him to you. The comforter. I love that name, and I'm glad you said that, brother. Because that's what I need every day is the comforter. The comforter is what gives me my guidance and my direction. Hallelujah. I count on the Lord to help me. I've been in this church for some time now. And to this day, I still want more guidance from God. I still want God to tell me, Lord, as a a father would tell his son, cautious, be careful about this. Be careful about that. Do this and and it's going to bless you. You're going to do the right thing. We learn because we grow and we we get wisdom because of that. There's all wisdom in God, and I trust in what he tells me. Hallelujah. Just the sound of comfort, that the, the word that the Lord chose. I mean, what more can be said that we have the comforter within us? And God gave us that wonderful spirit when we came to this church. And I didn't even know much about it, but when I realized what, that, what I needed, and God gave it to me and gave it to my family and those who have been born in the church, it excites me what God is doing. Praise God. And I'm so thankful that the, that the Lord didn't just come here. Here, take my word and do the best you can and see what you can do. But instead, he gave us something greater. He gave us the Holy Ghost. So he can tell us what we need to do to witness unto those, to touch the lives of those that need God. Hallelujah. We don't have to do it by ourselves. We've never had to do it by ourselves. Thank God. I've had people that come to my door and they've told me, oh, that's been a done, uh, that's, that's been a done way with. We're not, we're not, we're, that, that's something that's been taken away. Show me that. Anything you have to say, show me in the word. If it's not in the word, I don't care to hear it. Hallelujah, Jesus. I love, uh, this has been one of my favorite verses that I've always read about. And that's uh, when Nicodemus uh, came to the Lord at night. Here's a man that had so much knowledge of the word of God. And yet it wasn't enough. He still came to a man named Jesus because he saw the great things he was doing. He heard his preaching and it was something that was drawing him inside. I got to know more about this man named Jesus. I love that because I want to know more about Jesus. I'm not satisfied yet. I want more from the Lord. I'm never going to get there. I want that direction. I want God to lead me. I tell my family, you know, when we come to church, I'm already talking to the Lord. I go to work, I'm already talking to the Lord. Help me, Lord God, to be a witness unto those that I work with. Or those who cross my path, Lord God, whoever you choose. Help me, Lord God, what I can say to those, Lord God, and those who need prayer because they're going through something right now. Brother Chris, I love what you said about how, how sometimes we worry about our problems and it robs us from, from these things. I've gone through them. I'm going through them. I'm going to push them aside. I've been pushing them aside. Hallelujah, Jesus. Because I, we, what we have now is temporal. And I know that what we're, that what we're building up is not in, in the earth. It's in heaven what we're building. We're building the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. Jesus, oh man, I just... It's, all, it's always been about the Lord. And I love speaking in tongues when I come to the church and I'm over here speaking in tongues. I love that. 
But more than anything else, I love when God takes that time to speak to me and tells me, pray for him. Reach out to that person that right now needs the Lord. Even those who are hard, that has been the most challenging thing for me in my life. Lord, how do I reach these groups? Just tell them what I tell you. That's all you have to do. If you reach out and talk to them and let them know what I'm telling you, that's all you have to worry about. Don't worry about nothing else. Don't worry how you're going to sound. Don't worry about how you look. Don't worry about these things. Just tell them what what I'm telling you, and that's all you have to do. I do the increase. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. As I was coming to the church, you know, I find myself preaching in my mind, and they always say that the greatest preacher is the, the one inside you. And I'm thinking, you know, Lord, if I look to the church, And I look to the left, I see faith. I see people that that are testifying about you. Don't stop, Brother Rick. You don't know what you do to me in my heart. You don't do what you you do to my spirit when I hear you speaking. You lift me up. I am encouraged to hear testimonies like that. Never feel like you're never saying enough. Always say as much as you feel in the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. If I look in the center of the church, I see women and, and men of faith who are praying and are always acknowledging God and wanting more from God. And they're praying in their hearts for healing. They're praying for their hearts for families to be saved. Hallelujah. If I look onto the right, to the right or to, to my, well, this is my right now. <laughs> I see people who are always encouraged, who are always wanting. People that are waiting uh, to receive something for the Lord because they, they have a need. And the Lord did say, ask and it shall be given unto you. Hallelujah. We need to ask and God welcomes what we ask of him. Lord, if my mother needs healing, if my mother needs salvation, Lord, I'm, I'm waiting, Lord, but I'm believing that you're going to do this. Hallelujah. Just because it doesn't happen, it didn't happen last year or, the, or it hasn't happened the year before that, keep on praying because God's going to do it. Hallelujah. Don't give up. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord God. I give you praise here tonight. Glory to God. Have your way, Lord, and have liberty, Lord God, here. Hallelujah, Lord Jesus. Glory to God. I was speaking with a coworker today and talking daily stuff that sometimes relates to the economy and uh, the work hasn't been that great. And I felt in my spirit to tell uh, uh, that worker that I said, you know what? I know what you're feeling and I know what you're going through. But you know what? Put those things aside. Because I, I want to, no matter what I have to go through, I want peace in my life. And thank God that when the Lord ever, when he walked into rooms, he always said, peace be with you. So we can go through our trials and have peace. We can have problems and we can have peace. Hallelujah. And I want peace every day. Hallelujah. No matter what we go through. Glory to God. God has a plan for each and every one of us. Hallelujah. Glory to God, Jesus. I thank you for tonight, Lord God. And thank you, Lord Church. Hallelujah. For allowing me this opportunity. Bless you all in Jesus' name. Amen. God is amazing. You know, first of all, I'm going to tell Pastor Brown, thank you very much. Because when you made that announcement for the seven of us, you said a group of young men. Yeah. Because I will start off by saying, you know, once you get the Holy Spirit, you feel like you're nine years old again. Here I am. Brothers and sisters, um, 
I started on Sunday, uh, you know, asking the Lord, what do you want me to speak about? Because I don't make a move. I mean, you know, I don't make a move anymore. I ask. And then I spoke to my wife, and then I prayed, spent two sleepless nights, okay, literally sleepless nights, because I was so excited about this, because I've seen this in my, in my mind's eye. I've seen this in dreams. My wife has seen this in dreams. God has placed this right now for a reason. And so what, I am, what I'm going to be uh, referring to is in Ephesians Ephesians 6, it's, it's a beautiful chunk of meat, but I'm only going to take two verses out of that. Um, Put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Okay, and then the final verse, above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. Um, I don't know, about a week ago. There was a story about some miners that were trapped. And I kept thinking about it. It was an emotional story. Um, but I kept thinking, wow, mining is a, is a, it's a crazy industry. Uh, you know, you've got somebody who, who has a piece of property. When do they wake up? Like the Beverly Hillbillies. They got, they got oil. They got oil down there. They've got minerals. They've got ore down there. But really, none of that is worth anything. While it's in the ground... It's just black goo. When it's in the ground, it's just a bunch of rocks. And it's until they have the authority to go in there by the owner to do what they need to do. So it's the authority. So once they get the authority from the owner to go in and start mining it out, they bring the materials out. It's refined. It now has a dollar value to it. But if throughout that entire process there have to be decisions made, there is still somebody above ground that's that's doing all this stuff that has the authority of the owner to do something with that, to make things work. What I just heard tonight, the Holy Spirit is guiding. Authority, 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 authority. We have the authority in Jesus' name to do anything. Okay? Through his word, through his word, we can bind. We can bind, we know that. We can bind and we can loose. Okay, when, when we are sick and we are sick ourselves, pray for ourselves. I bind this out of my own You're out of here. When my children are walking away from the Lord, I am in charge. The, the devourer is not in charge. I am in charge. So when I am in charge, what I have at my discretion, what I have in my arsenal is the word of God. I have been empowered by the blood of the Lamb. I'm not weak. I don't stammer. I don't cower. I don't twitter. I'm not afraid because there's nothing that can scare me. It's the blood of the lamb that is my backing. And it is God's promise. God's promise that I will speak directly straight on to the devourer because there's only one reason the devourer was sent here. Well, Satan was sent here to devour the weak, to devour the, the, the meek. But Jesus came to take away, to kill, to terminate the devourer. And he came and gave his blood. And with his blood and with his promise, I have the ability to break strongholds with his word. Amen. Alcohol, no more drinking. I used to love to have a drink. I used to love to go out. And when I received the Holy Spirit, I, was, I asked the Lord, I do not want to go forward without with this with this with me 
It didn't seem right. All of a sudden, it was like night and day. I don't want this anymore. Takes it away, just like that. No second guess, no nothing. When I ask the Lord, when I ask the Lord, this is what I need, the Lord will provide. Because I have the authority that he has given me. When I see someone who is sick, Becca, okay, she had migraines. Pastor took the authority, prayed, no more migraines. We see constant testimonies of people who have been, uh, you know, blind at birth deaf at birth, but somebody takes the authority. They use the authority from the blood of the Lamb, from the blood of our Savior, from Jesus, our Christ, and that in itself is enough to move into healing, to move into completion, to move into wholeness. But we can't do that unless we have what we heard Pastor talk about, which was faith. Got to have that faith. We have that faith and we move with that faith, that authority comes with us. There is nothing that we can do without that. There is nothing that cannot be healed. There is nobody that can, be, that can walk alone. We never walk alone. He's by our side. And I have mentioned it before. When I am at my wits end, Jesus has been there all along. When I give it to him, the authority that he gives me, to cast out that problem, to remove that problem, to bind that problem out of its existence, out of my life, gives me wholeness, gives me completion. Finally, if we look at the last sentence, last verse, above all, taking the shield of faith, wherein ye shall be able to quench all fiery, all the fiery darts of the wicked. Okay. Taking the shield, taking, not you want to have it, you kind of want to have it, uh, how about maybe taking part of it? No, taking the shield, it's a directive, do it, wherein ye shall be able, not you might be able to, maybe when I feel like it, I'll kind of help you, no, you shall, it's a definitive, it is a directive, it will come to pass with my faith, put on the whole armor of God, not kind of try it on, not kind of maybe it will fit, but maybe it won't fit. No, it will fit because it has been tailored by his death and by his resurrection. Body, Jesus resides in this church. Okay, I have never felt what I have felt coming through those doors. I have never felt what I felt getting in the car to get on the 10 freeway to come to church. I have never felt the kind of energy, I've never felt the presence before, the completion of the Holy Spirit in my life that we have right now at this church. And we need to, with the authority that has been given to us by His death and by His blood, make this Take it, move it, and move it into a monolith, monolith church because it's for his glory and it's for his glory alone. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. God is good, isn't he? Praise God. Thank you, Pastor Brown, for asking us men to to speak. I think it's good that the church hear from the men of the church. Um, Praise God. Praise God.
um, everything that was said tonight, I really think it was in the will of God. Um, what I feel in my spirit and what I've been giving myself to is, 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 is so different than where I used to be in God. And as I walk with God, I discover more and more that the power to a Christian's life is prayer. There is there's nothing like a child of God who's able to go into his or her prayer closet and call upon the name of the Lord. There's power in prayer. I don't know why, but I am thankful that God has chosen me to be able to pray, to be able to desire more prayer, to learn more and more how to pray. Because if I can learn how to pray, I believe that I will pass every test that will ever come my way. Praise God. And with that said, I would like to look at the book of Daniel, chapter 10 and verse 12 and 14. And it says, then he continued. This is the angel speaking to Daniel. And he said, do not be afraid, Daniel. Since the first day that you set your mind to gain understanding and to humble yourself before your God, your words were heard and have come in response to them. But the prince of the Persian kingdom resisted me 21 days. Then Michael, one of the chief priests, one of the chief princes, sorry, came to help me because I was detained there with the king of Persia. Daniel was a praying prophet. He prayed for the revelation of a vision. In this, we see a prayer delayed. And my question to us tonight is, do you have something in your life that's been delayed? Have you been praying about something for so long that you're at a point where you've given up on that thing because it's been delayed? I would like to tell you tonight that there's nothing wrong with a prayer being delayed. You've got to keep on praying. When you've prayed, you pray again and again and again and again. You cannot give up praying. You cannot stop praying. You cannot tell yourself, well, I prayed for two years about this. And I prayed six months about this. Oh, I prayed five years about this. And nothing has happened. And I've reached a point where I'm giving up. I like to tell you, you need to keep on praying. You can't afford to stop praying. Praise God. He prayed. 21 days. He sat there waiting. 
waiting for the answer. How long have you been waiting? Has it been 21 days? Has it been overdue? Praise God. How long have you been praying? Have you felt like giving up because the answer hasn't been delivered to you? I'd like to tell you the answer is on the way. The answer is on the way. It's just been held up. Praise God. It's just been held up because I like to tell you that the devil doesn't want you to have that answer. He doesn't want it to be delivered. He wants to put a step payment on your answer. Because he understands once that answer is delivered, that something powerful is going to happen in your life. He'll like to tell you, how dare you decide to pray now when your life is upside down? How dare you decide to pray right now when you've got sickness in your body? How dare you decide to pray now when your children are living for God? How dare you decide to pray right now when you can't find a job? How dare you decide to pray right now when you can't even read your Bible? Oh God, how dare you decide to pray right now? How dare you? You haven't been faithful to your prayer life. And right now, you're deciding to pray. You think God's going to answer your prayer? Praise God. How dare you decide to pray now? I like to tell you, you you look at your trial. And you look at your circumstance. And you say, you know what? I dare to pray right now. Praise God. You build yourself an altar in the middle of your circumstance. And you say, you know what? I'm not going to stop praying because the answer is on the way. Praise God. There's one thing I've told myself. I'm never going to stop praying. I'm never going to quit praying. It doesn't matter what goes wrong in my life. Praise God. I'm going to build myself a prayer closet in the middle of my trials, in the middle of my pain. I'm going to build myself a prayer closet. I'm going to bow my knees before my God because my God never fails. The Bible said, great is thy faithfulness. Praise God. Don't stop praying. Praise God. Such delays should not, should never Hinder your faith. Such delays should not let you stop loving God. Praise God. It just means that your your answer is being held up. That the devil is fighting that answer from getting through to you. But it's coming. I tell you, but it's coming. But it's coming. As long as you continue to bow your knees, as long as you continue to shut yourself away in your prayer closet, as long as you tell yourself, I haven't seen it yet, but I know in faith, I know it's coming. It's coming. It may not be today, but it's coming. It may not be tomorrow, but it's coming. It may not be next week, but it's coming. It may not be next month, but it's coming. It may not be next year. It's coming. It's coming. It's coming, church. Don't stop praying. It's coming. The Bible said we ought to be sober. Be vigilant. Because the adversary, he's like a lion, seeking whom he may devour. Be vigilant. 
be watchful and you can only be watchful when you're praying I like to tell you we need to rebuild altars back in our home we need to start building altars in our home praise God we need to start putting back the altars in our home. We don't talk about that anymore. We need to start putting back altars in our home because that's where the real battleground is. Because when you walk through those doors, when you leave church and you walk in your home, that's where the real battle is. Because there's tension between family members. There's tension between husband and wife. There's tension between children. And that's where the enemy wants to work. But I like to tell you, you take your children, take your husband, take your wife. And he said, listen, we're going to build an altar right here and we're going to keep on praying because the answer is coming praise God the answer is coming Jesus said when he pray when he pray it means God is expecting you to pray he's expecting to hear from you when he pray how long has it been since you locked yourself in your prayer closet. How long has it been since you got away from all the hustle and the bustle of the world? How long has it been since you get away from the things of the world that's pulling you away from God and said, you know what? I'm going to find myself, my, my, I'm going to find my prayer closet. I'm going to build my altar. I'm going to call upon my God because he never failed. We've got to pray. Praise God. One last scripture. Prayer works. Prayer works. The book of Colossians chapter 4 verse 2 says, Continue in prayer and watch in the same with thanksgiving. While you're praying and while you're waiting, be thankful. Be thankful. The Bible said in everything, give thanks. The answer may not, may not be there right now at your doorstep. But pray and give thanks. It is coming. And when it gets to you, oh my God, when it gets to you, when it gets to you, you can't imagine what's going to happen. You can't imagine the transformation that's going to take place in you because of what you've gone through to produce this. That's what trials do. It produces some awesome things in your life. When you decide to dare life, I said, you know what? In all the pain that's in me, I'm bowing my knees. And it produced something in you that can never be taken away. It becomes a memorial. So I like to beseech you. I like to plead with you. I like to admonish you. Build your altar in your homes. Build those altars in your home. Make your house a house of prayer. Praise God. Praise God. Let us all come to the front. Just tell the Lord, I, I've been waiting. There's, there's a song that, that I love by Juanita Bynum. And it goes like this. I don't mind waiting. I don't mind waiting. I don't mind waiting on your Lord. 
there's some, there's some people I'm not going to wait on because you know they're not going to come through. But God, I don't mind waiting for him because he's going to come through. I don't mind waiting because I like to tell you something. Even if the answer doesn't get to me in this lifetime, I know heaven is a sure thing. I know heaven is waiting for me. Crown of righteousness. Praise God. Praise God. Pastor Brown. Thank you. Praise the name of the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. We trust you, Lord God. We're thankful to you, Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, come on. That's it. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. That's it. Just praise Him for a few minutes. Lord, we love you, Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. Amen, amen, amen. I thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. I want to thank God for the words that we've heard tonight. Amen. And I want to uh, just confirm what's been spoken uh, as uh, Brother Marvin wrapped it up about uh, prayer and how that when we pray not to give up, not to faint, not to quit. The Bible says in in, uh, chapter 11 of the book of Luke, the words of Jesus, he said, uh, if a man has friends come during a journey and he doesn't have anything to set before him by way of food, what does he do? He goes and knocks on his neighbor's door, says, uh, I, I, I need some food for my friend. And the neighbor says, don't trouble me. I'm in bed. I can't get up now. My kids are asleep. And uh, I can't rise and give thee. Though he will not rise and give him because he's his friend or because the need is real, he will rise because of importunity, because he keeps on asking. He keeps on requesting. The very next verse says, and I say unto you, ask and it shall be given you. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh receiveth. He that seeketh findeth. To him that knocketh it shall be opened. Amen. My brothers and sisters, the context of this verse should let us know that this is not talking about knocking just once, but it's talking about someone who continues knocking. Because every time you knock, what you are doing is you're displaying faith. If I go up to somebody's door, and I don't know if they're there or not, I knock on the door. When I knock, I am displaying there's a chance that they're here. 
as long as I keep knocking, I am communicating faith that I believe that the person's there. Why do I believe? Well, there's a car there. I hear kids laughing in the background. I believe somebody's here, so I'm going to keep knocking. And as long as you keep praying, as long as you keep knocking, you are saying to the Lord, I believe that an answer's coming. It may be held up right now. God may be doing something in me until it comes. Or God may be doing something out there. But I'm going to keep on knocking. I'm going to keep praying. I'm going to keep believing. I'm going to keep holding on to the promises of God. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I want you to turn around to someone near you right now. Maybe if a close friend or someone near, a spouse, a buddy, whoever it is. And uh, we're going to pray with one another because there are those in this place that have things that they have been praying about that they've not seen the answer to. The enemy's tried to tell them to give up. The enemy's tried to convince them that uh, the answer will not come for them. But there's a word here tonight for them to give them hope. Not just hope, but right now faith to believe God right now. I'm not going to wait till I see the answer to believe. I'm not going to wait till I see the answer to be encouraged. I'm not going to wait till I see the answer to rejoice. But right now, I believe you, Jesus. I believe, Lord God. I'm going to wrap my fist up and I'm going to knock on that door again. Hallelujah, Jesus. I still believe. I still believe your word. I still believe your promises. I still believe the truth, dear God. Hallelujah. Come on, some of you have been praying for your kids. Keep knocking on that door. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Some of you have been praying for a miracle in your finances. Keep knocking on that door and believe in God. Hallelujah. God's going to answer prayer. God's going to make a way where there seems to be no way. Amen. The answer may be held up right now because God's doing something in you. But keep knocking. Keep believing. Keep the faith. Hallelujah. to speak it. Uh, hallelujah. God, you've given us that authority in your word to bind up and loose. Uh, God, I lose anointing. I lose revival, Jesus. I speak it in faith, Lord God. I, I release revival into this marriage, Lord God. I, I, I release revival into my children. In the name of Jesus, I speak it. Uh, hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah. Come on, pray in the Holy Ghost. Pray in the Holy Ghost. Pray in the Holy Ghost.
Hallelujah. Come on. Come on. The Bible says nothing is impossible. Nothing shall be impossible. Hallelujah. Nothing shall be impossible. Come on. Hallelujah. Don't listen to the enemy. He's a liar. Hallelujah. God's promises are true. God's words forever established. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Before we leave, I'd like the seven men who minister the word of the Lord. If you come stand on the platform and face this group. Amen. I want you to pray for some people. And I want to invite specifically people in this church who you're here tonight and you have needs in your life. And the enemy has been trying to steal your faith. And you want God to baptize you with fresh confidence and fresh faith tonight. I want you to step up right up to the front here. Come right up to the front. If you want God to give you faith to believe for what the enemy's been trying to tell you is not going to happen. In the name of the Lord, come on up right up here to the front. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. Because God's going to baptize with faith, fresh faith in this place. Hallelujah. In the name of the Lord. That's it. Come up. Men and ladies and young people. Come on. In Jesus' name. Let's believe God. There's faith in this place. If God wants to pour out a baptism of fresh faith, uh, to believe God for it. Uh, amen. That's it, gentlemen. Just lay your hands on these. Believe together right now in the name of the Lord.